and glad for your faithfulness in that. And, you know, an added bonus for us was that, that our son Malachi, on um, one of the evenings when we were away, called on Christ to be his Savior. And what a joy that was. I was able to, to speak with him. And, um, you know, for, for, for a little while, actually, we spoke for about half an hour or 40 minutes. And he had a lot of questions for me. And so we're glad that we can just go through Scripture and go through the Word of God. I'm glad for the Gospel, aren't you? And uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, and I wanted to also encourage the church, please be praying for the next couple of weeks. We're looking forward to seeing the Portillos um, in, in a week or so, and glad for that opportunity. So please pray for myself, uh, Daniel, um, Jai, Macy, and, um, and Evelyn as we head over to Argentina. Have a few, I have a few speaking engagements over in the U.S., but then... We're heading over to be with Brother Patillo for their anniversary weekend, and so we're looking forward to that, and as I've asked the church, please pray, and then also with the need that they have for the vehicle there, if, um, if the Lord leads you to give towards that, we, we will pass that straight on as we get there, and so we're looking forward to that, and appreciate your prayers. Pray for, uh, pray for Brother Naranjan as well. He's uh, heading over to, um, to Sri Lanka, I believe uh, this afternoon he flies out. And so he's heading there to assist the, the team from Faith Baptist Church who's having their mission trip over there. And again, for me, we're invested in that because we have a missionary in Sri Lanka. Actually, two. We're supporting the Unruhs now as well, but one of our own, Brother Soren. And I know that that will be a great encouragement to them. And so uh, please pray. I think that it's a great thing uh, as we focus uh, on our, um, our missionaries. And Lord willing, next month we head over to see the Agateps. And we're just glad that we can support and help and be a blessing. And so, church, let's be, uh, let's, let's be faithful to, to praying and, and just being faithful in our place. But we're going to look at the, the verses that we read earlier on. And really, last time we were in the book of Luke, we learned about Simeon and Anna, didn't we? These two, two, uh, two individuals, these characters who sought Christ really from a positive light, they they, even though they were in the midst of busyness and uh, the hustle and bustle of the time, they were sensitive to the fact that the Lord Jesus was around there. And so with Simeon through patience and with Anna through persistence, they sought and was, were able to see the Savior. They didn't allow the goings-on of the day and personal circumstances to hinder their seeking after Him. And, and I hope that's been you the last couple of weeks. Hope that you're not so distracted with the details of life that you forget to seek Christ. But today we're going to see the Lord Jesus and along with His family return to Jerusalem. And so between verses 31, uh, 39, right down to 41 where we began reading, there's 12 years in passing. And you know, the, the Bible is, is so, um, such, a, such, a, such a book that you know, in, in a couple of verses, it covers spaces of time. And so in that time, the young family has traveled back to Bethlehem and was visited by the wise men in, that we find here in Matthew 2. They, they survived the infanticide enacted by Herod when the wise men didn't return and had fled to Egypt being warned by the angel until Herod's death. And so they were there and now they had returned these 12 years later. We, we don't know for the parents how many times they'd been back to Jerusalem, but we know it was a regular occurrence with the family. This faithful couple, Mary and Joseph, had come every year to Jerusalem to observe the Feast of the Passover. And so we note there 
In verse 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, so at least for 12 years, for 12 years consecutively, they went there and they observed the, the, uh, this feast. They, they understood the, uh, the importance of it. They understood that they needed to also lead by example as parents in, in raising their children accordingly. And so we see that they were there and, and no doubt many people were there. No doubt that as they came every year, there were people that they, that they knew, that they went with, they traveled by, uh, by group. We see that, that they were with their family and acquaintances. And so it wasn't like they were traveling alone, they were traveling together, but in the midst of them is Jesus. Jesus who we know is the Savior of the world, but here He was in His, uh, in his time here on earth, just, just going through the norms of growing. And so here he was as part of the, his family, traveling to Jerusalem, observing the feast of the Passover. And what we see, though, later on in this story is they finish all of the festivities, they get to this point, and now they're traveling back home. And what happened? Jesus was missing. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, one of our greatest fears when we're around a crowd of people is that we lose our children. That's a fear, isn't it, parents? We, we sort of go there and we, we're in, maybe at the shops and we turn for a second and we can't find our kids. Maybe you're in the midst of, uh, of, uh, of, of just a crowd of people, maybe in a church gathering or maybe in a public space. I remember a couple of years ago, we were at a family birthday party there in our Ginger Reserve. And if you know a little bit about that, it's a, it's a bit of an expanse of, uh, of territory there where there's a lot of parks, a lot of different playgrounds, a lot of different places that you could go and sort of just have a, a little time. And it was, it, it was Vicky, I believe, that um, we looked around and suddenly she was out of our sight. And, you know, I'm pretty calm. I, I don't generally panic. And so I noticed first, and I did what every good dad would do, I didn't tell my wife. Because you, you know how ladies can get, they can get pretty frantic. And so I said, I told myself, look, I'm going to go look myself. And so I started looking and I started looking and about half an hour passed and I couldn't find her. So after I got over the fact that my life was in trouble here, I started to go, I better tell others. And so I went to my wife and I told her. I said, I can't find Vicky. And so we started looking around, looking around, and unbeknownst to us, she had gone with some older kids, and they were at a different playground. And so that's a happy ending to that story, isn't it? And what we're going to see in this story, there was a happy ending. They, they found Christ again. They, they found Him back where they left Him. But there's situations in our lives that when we're traveling through, and because we're familiar, because somewhat we take for granted that that Christ's presence as, new, as believers is within us, His Spirit dwells in us, we take for granted that we have somewhat a closeness or a proximity to our Savior when the reality is it may, that may not be the case. You might travel through life and you might go be ready to go to your next destination. You might, you might even be going the right direction. But if you don't have Christ, then there ought to be a sinking feeling in your life. 
if you're not close to the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter what direction you're going to take, then, then there ought to be a sinking feeling in your heart that there's something not quite complete. That there's something that you're, quite, that you're missing. And, and this is really the situation that they found themselves in. And, and no doubt they were familiar with the Lord Jesus by now. We didn't read the verse. We read it earlier, the last time we were here in this passage of Scripture. But the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And we understand that the Lord Jesus was no, no average child. He was, in fact, the, the very God of this universe embodied. And we, we note that he was sinless. And so the, they had the best child in the world. They didn't hear a peep from him. They didn't, they didn't feel bothered by him. He didn't go through the terrible twos like some of you, uh, your children are going through now. And it's been five years. It's been 18 years for some of you. And so you would notice if they weren't around. You would notice if they weren't making noise. But you know, the Lord Jesus, He was a perfect child. And so taking that for granted, thinking that He was just in their company, they went about and they just went on their business, and yet Jesus wasn't with them. And so what happened? A panic-induced seeking happened. When they realized that they had inadvertently traveled without their child, the Lord Jesus, a panic was induced in their heart to the point that they sought Christ again. And, and, and I began to think about that. You know, God is so gracious to us at times to, to, to set in a bit of fear in our hearts to help us understand we need Him. To help us understand that really that He should have been priority in the first place. Because see, here's what happens. Sometimes what happens is, is activity and plans and ambitions and just the next thing become our priority other than making sure we're close to the Lord Jesus Christ. You get, you get all sorted out or you get all out of sorts. And unbeknownst to you, in the midst of your activity, you're nowhere near where Jesus is. And I'm not speaking this morning about your salvation. We understand that once you're saved, you're always saved. That, that you are His and you're sealed until the day of redemption. We understand that. But there is in us a, tie, a, a, a drawing away. The, the, the hymn said that our hearts are prone to wander. Lord, we know it. And there are times where we travel down the road of life and we might even be heading back to where we're supposed to go. We might be even doing what we're supposed to be doing. And yet in the midst of all of that, we're missing the presence of Christ. We're missing the closeness that we're supposed to have. We're missing that element of His, 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 uh, His presence in us and through us and with us. And so here they were in Jerusalem, on their way out of Jerusalem, and there was a panic seeking for Jesus. This wasn't in the sense, the same seeking that we saw from Simeon and Anna or the shepherds. This was induced by panic that Jesus, and again unbeknownst to them, was no longer with them. And I want to ask the question this morning, how often do we take Christ's presence with us for granted? 
How often is it that we just assume because we're doing the right thing and we're ticking all the boxes that somewhat we are close to Him? When, when, how often do we go through life and, and even travel down the, the path that we're supposed to and unbeknownst to us because we've not been actively thinking and being sensitive to the presence of Christ, have we taken His presence for granted? We allow our busy schedules and our, and our mountains of activity to quickly take us from a close walk with Christ. And those activities can even be religious. Those activities can even be good things. Those things can even be part of what we're supposed to be responsible for. And those things might even be forming part of our duty as Christians. And yet, if we go through all of that and we're not close to Christ, there ought to be a panic setting in. There ought to be a fear there that you can't do this because you can't. You see, in the course of our living, we can easily allow the presence of Christ to be an afterthought. This is what we see in the life here in this story of the two people that God called to help Jesus in His youth. His parents, His earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. See, what I get from that is this, if it could happen to them, it could easily happen to us. And yet, you know, I, I sadly... You see people, Christians, traveling through. And there's a coldness, there's a dryness. You know what that really is? is there's, there's a lack of the presence of Christ in their life. They're no longer seeking like they used to. It, it could easily happen to all of us. And we're going to learn some of the conditions that conspired to allow this to happen. And then how we are to respond to that. And so we're going to Ask the Lord to help us now as we get into the message this morning. Father, again, we thank you, Lord, for the joy it is to be together today. And thank you, dear God, that we get to serve you. We get to, Lord, in our time, as you, you gave us to occupy our time, to ensure that we're busy about serving you. And, and yet, Lord, many times, as we observe our lives, we know that even in the movement of all of that, we can be so far from you. Help us, dear God, to, be, to develop a sensitivity. And Lord, help us to learn as we open your word from, from this, this familiar story. We're going to see, Lord, just, just how, how we ought to, Lord, just respond to that situation in our lives. And help us, Lord God, as we get into your word this morning. I pray for your blessing. I pray for your enabling. I pray, dear God, that you would do a work in our hearts. Lord, we don't just want to be informed today. We want to be transformed. And so help us this morning in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And so I want to look at firstly the conditions leading to departure. And again, note in verse 43, they were there for the feast of the Passover. They, this was in Jer Jerusalem. They were, they were doing those things that were part of that, Sarah, uh, that, that feast. And notice verse 43, and when they had fulfilled the days. So they had gone through what they were coming there to do. They had fulfilled the days as they returned. The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And I want you to note this. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. You know, you, you look after a child, and, and you, you understand this, that primarily, wherever you go, you are responsible for that child. You know, we, we could be here today, and you, you would be in a very familiar setting for those of you who are regular attendees of our church. 
And, and in fact, there's a great comfort there. We'll leave our bags and we'll let our children run because we know there's a safe environment for them to do that. And, and no doubt, having come there regularly, they had somewhat a familiarity with the place and somewhat a comfort about the place. And so as they did, they packed up and they did what they needed to do, went off and they were departing after the days were fulfilled. They, they went and they just did what they were supposed to do, but they knew not that Jesus was not with them. And here's a point I want to make, the busy nature of their time. And their familiarity meant that they didn't even notice Jesus was missing from their company. See, there's a presumption here and a growing insensitivity to Christ. And, and, and church, can I just say that, that when we are in times where we're familiar with the passages of Scripture, we're familiar with our environment, and we know the people we're sitting with, and we know the seat that we're going to take, and when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and just in, even in the busyness of all that good, you can become and grow insensitive to the presence of Christ and maybe even the missing of it in your life. We, we, could, just, we could substitute, perhaps, the activity and the religious activity, for, for, uh, substitute that for the closeness that we're supposed to have. And by the way, just like Mary and Joseph, that's no one else's responsibility. That's yours. It's your relationship with the Savior. It's your closeness with Christ. No one else can take that away from you. And so just like Mary and Joseph, there were, there were certain conditions that happened. And it reminded me really of the fact that it's so easy to grow apathetic in this day and age to Christ and especially, I think, in the midst of activity. But we can get so busy preparing for tomorrow, we forget to just be with Christ. We don't intentionally seek Him like we used to. And here we, we see that, and it reminds me of another character in Scripture who was in the Old Testament dispensation, and so we know that he didn't have permanently the Spirit of God indwelling him. But we see in Judges chapter 16, uh, verse 20, here uh, about Samson. And Samson, we know Samson, he was the strongest man to have ever lived. He had strength enough to pick up the gates of a city. He had strength enough to use a, the, the jawbone of an ass and smite all of these men who were soldiers. And yet here he was, his weakness was his flesh. And here he was with Delilah. And she pestered him day in, day out until he got, he was vexed, the Bible says. And, and so day in, day out, she would pester him about the this, this secret of his strength. We know that he had the vow of a Nazarite. He was one who was separated for God's use. And so he did all of those conditions. He grew out his hair. He didn't touch the fruit of the vine. He, he stayed away from those things that were dead. All of those were meant to be. But if you look at the life of Samson, he went through and he took those things for granted too. And yet here he was in his finality nearly uh, to the point here where he was just so dull to everything that was spiritual. The Bible says this, she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And we know the story, she finally figures it out, I'm going to shave your head. So she shaves his head, he wakes her, uh, she wakes him up, 
And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And then the sad commentary of the, the Bible, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He didn't even notice that the Spirit of God was no longer with him. And we understand, again, for us as believers in our day, if you're saved here today, the Spirit of God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But there is that responsibility of being close and abiding. And so we see that, that for Samson, it was over time he had grown dull and insensitive to the things of God and to the point where the Spirit of God had departed from him and he didn't even have any sensitivity to that. And I wonder how many Christians go through their Bible reading and it's as dry and dry as it can be. And you can't figure out why. You can't even feel. You can no longer even sense that the Spirit of God and the, your closeness has been broken. You've quenched Him. And yet we'll still attend church. Yet we'll still sit where we sit. Yet we'll even, we even might tick that box that says, hey, we've done that. But I wonder how close you are to your Savior. See, the conditions that we see here as we observe the story, firstly, they journeyed. They journeyed without ensuring that Christ was with them. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind. Verse 44, but they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey. So a whole day had transpired. A whole day had passed and they still didn't even, understand, they didn't even seek, they didn't even, they didn't even sense that Jesus was not with them. So can you imagine that? I don't know about you, I would probably... I would probably figure out if my child was missing. You do, do you guys know this? Do you, do you parents do this? And you could have one child, you could have 15 children. You'll do this. You'll do a head count. All right? You look behind and you look, okay, one, two, three, let's go. And, and you know, I, I remember being in youth ministry and children's ministry. I remember sometimes there's been some parents who've left their children here. All right? I won't look at you this morning. It's all right. We've taken them back for you, okay? All, all bright and clean. It's fine. So, so we understand that even in our humanity, even in our day, we can sometimes be forgetful. But, but this was another level, wasn't it? This was the Lord Jesus. And there they were. They had journeyed a whole day. So they had gone quite a while now. They had traveled quite a number of kilometers. And, and we know already that there were others in their company and yet they journeyed without ensuring that Christ was with them. You know, often as we journey to the next thing, the next responsibility, the next life stage, the next part of God's plan, the next, the next priority, we can do what they did there. We can do so without a sense of Christ with us. And I wonder as we head into uh, perhaps the restarting really of the year, new things and new responsibilities, I wonder if we would have an understanding that we need Christ, that we need a closeness with Him. So I think about Moses and his heart as they, they, they ventured into their journey. He said in Exodus thirty three fifteen, and he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us up not hence. He said, don't, don't let us go forward without you. And listen, I, I wonder if we would be the type of Christian this morning 
who, when they look at the ventures of life, they look at what's next to come, and it might be uh, just a, a totally new stage of life. It might just be a new job. It might just be a new day. But, but that's so still new. It's still an unknown. It's still the next thing. And, and I wonder, even if we're headed the right way, I wonder if we would just be at least sensitive to note that we better have closeness with Christ. We better be sensitive to whether this is, this is, this is uh, Him with us or not. So they journeyed that way, and just because you're heading the right direction doesn't necessarily mean that you are close to Christ. Just because your general direction, we could so easily, and can I remind you today that we're supposed to follow, and He's supposed to lead and maybe that's the trick of it. Because later on, he reminds them that, you know what? My priorities are not your priorities. <laughs> he, he said, wist ye not? And by the way, these were the first words of Christ in, recorded in the Word of God. Wist ye not that I must be about my Father's business? And it wasn't a slam to them. This wasn't disrespectful. He was just reminding them that, yes, God's given you the opportunity to be with me, but I lead, you follow. And, and church, can I remind you in your journey of life, it's never a good idea for you to lead and not you following. When it comes to the Christian journey, it doesn't matter how the direction looks to you. It doesn't matter if you feel like it's the right way. It better be Jesus leading you in that. It better be God it better not be your own feeling and your own ambition. Because when you do that, what you're going to find is suddenly, where is God? <laughs> where is His blessing? Where is the blessing of His presence? And so we look at that and we see that firstly, the condition leading to departure was this. They journeyed without ensuring that Christ was with them. Secondly, they, they prioritized other responsibilities and neglected the priority of Christ. We see that in verse 44 again. But they supposing Him to have been in the company. And, and they traveled with others. You know how it is when you, when you travel with others, there's more stuff, isn't there? You, you, you have to pack stuff. You have to make sure you don't leave any. Uh, Brother EJ, it reminds me every time we have men and boys camp, right? We're generally one of the last to leave. And so we're always picking up after the, the, uh, the other men. Okay, we're picking up the stuff, and they're like, oh, they left their tent, you know. They left everything. And, and you're sort of just looking at that, and, and because there's a bigger company of people, there's just more stuff. And so you're, you're, you're sort of here and there, and you're making sure your, your, your kids aren't drowning. You're making sure they haven't been inadvertently packed with your tent, you know, and all of that. And you're just making sure everything's in place. But... No doubt, Mary and Joseph, they were quite busy. They were busy with all of those things that were happening around them. Not only the, the religiosity of the time, but just the practical responsibilities. And yet the problem was they neglected the priority of Christ. Don't you think that if you had the Son of God, and again, this isn't a, 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 a slam on Mary and, and Joseph because we're just as guilty too. Don't you think that before they did anything else, they should have taken the time to ensure that Jesus was with them? And yet we do that. 
See, the problem often in our lives is that we're inundated with so much. We, we take on so much. I don't know if you, you have this talent, but you know, I, was, I was a bit disappointed. We had, our, we had our New Year's Eve talent show. And you know what? No one juggled. Can you believe that? No one juggled. I was, I was looking forward to some juggling. All right? I, I think that's, a, that's actually a pretty good talent. My, I'll, I'll give you a, a secret. Okay? My mum... My mom taught us how to juggle. And, and my mom told me she learned so well because the only thing they could juggle with were rocks. Okay, and man, what, a, what an upbringing. But anyway, um, so she taught us how to juggle, and, and so we would juggle as, as kids. But you know how it is when you, when you juggle and you, you add too many things to juggle, what do you have to do? You have to drop certain things, right? My, my max is four. I can juggle four things at once. And so, you know, more than four we tried, but more than four I'd have to drop and I'd have to maintain four. And, you know, it is that way in life too. And, you know, the sad thing is though, many times when we are juggling life, you know who gets dropped first? You know what gets dropped first? The things of God. Our closeness with Him. That, that, that morning time that we ought to have, that, that daily Walking with Him, that closeness and sensitivity. It reminds me of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha, they, they were there. They had hosted Jesus. And we, no doubt they had responsibilities toward host, uh, just being hospitable to Christ. And yet there Mar Martha was. The Bible says she was cumbered about with much serving. And Mary, she, did, she chose the better part. She was with Jesus. And, and, and church, listen, it's so easy to choose all of the other parts of life and forget that the priority that you ought to have is Christ. So I wonder how your day's going. See, they, they prioritized other responsibilities and neglected the priority of Christ. But thirdly, they misunderstood, though, Christ's mission. And so followed their own plans. Go, go down to verses 48 and 49. So they come back now. They'd found Him. What a, what a relief. And when they saw Him, they were amazed. And Amazed for several reasons, amazed that they had found him, needle in a haystack, but amazed that they, he was there sitting and debating with the doctors of the law. And again, we know that this is, the, this is God, so they misunderstood something about him. And notice his, the, Mary's line of questioning, and his mother said unto him, Son, what hast thou thus dealt with us? He's saying, why did you do this to us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And they were, they were worried. They were worried, sick. They were sorrowing. Imagine the tears streaming down their eyes, the blame. And that yet when they saw him, Jesus, this is your fault. And you know what happens often is, is we misunderstand God. You know, we... we don't sense His presence and then suddenly it's His fault. You know, God never moved. You did. And so we see here that, that they misunderstood. And notice His response. Again, His first words recorded in Scripture. He said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? He said, I'm sorry. Um, it's not about you. It's about my mission. It's not, it's not about you. It's about my priorities. And, 
we see here that they misunderstood Christ's mission, and so they followed their own plans and priorities. And Jesus had to respond by reminding them that he was about his father's business, and because of that, it's his timing. It's his plan. He's the priority. And too many times when we, when we go about and we just lose the sense of Christ in our lives, it really comes with this pairing. We've lost a sense of his mission. We've lost a sense of who he's about and what he's about. And often when we aren't mindful of God's plan and this plan being carried out, we can chase after our own plan and hence we're out of step with Christ. When we aren't sensitive to Christ, we grow cold to His mission also. That comes in a pairing. And, and you know, I, I don't wonder at times when, when those who claim to be His children and, and myself included become cold to the things that He has a love for and He has a priority for, it often generally adds up to this. I've lost sensitivity to Him. I'm not as close as I think I am. And so if his priorities aren't yours, he hasn't moved, you have. You've misunderstood what life is about. You've misunderstood what your priorities need to be. You've misunderstood what your priority day-to-day should be. He hasn't moved, you have. And so there's, there's a, there needs to be a fixing of that sensitivity. You need to draw close to Christ again. And so we see those are the conditions. They journeyed without ensuring Jesus was with them. They prioritized other responsibilities and neglected the priority of Christ. They misunderstood Christ's mission and so followed their own plans. But then we note, secondly, the comprehension leaving them desiring. Because here's the good thing about the story. was unlike, unlike Samson who realized that when it was too late, they didn't. They realized that when it was time, there was still time to return. And, and church, can I just tell you that while you have breath, it, there's still time to return. There's still time to go back. There's still time to seek Christ. There's still time for you to mend your ways and understand and realize and comprehend that you're not as close as you think you are. And so we see this, the, the conditions of this then we see, firstly, they sought Him after the, realizing that they were missing Him. Now, that's pretty fundamental, isn't it? You know, when you realize you're missing something, you need to look for it. And they, they started to look. We, we see in verses 44 and, and 45, note there, but they, supposing Him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought Him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. So these were the people that they were traveling with. They started to ask, have you seen Jesus, have you seen our boy? Have you seen he was wearing this and he was wearing that? And I remember again, years ago, we were quite little, and I probably told you this story before, but when we were in, I was in, I believe, in kindergarten back in the Philippines, we went on an excursion. And it was just my sister and Irene back then, and we went on an excursion, and for whatever reason, Irene was separated from us, and she started following another person who she thought was my dad. So she started walking, uh, following him up in the escalators. And, and I don't know about you, but if you know a little bit about the Philippines and any kind of, uh, kind of atmosphere like that, 
That, that's a scary thought, that your child is gone. I think even more so than in some Western societies, but she started to follow this other guy, and, and so she went missing. So we started looking for her, but here's at least what she, she did was she remembered what my parents were wearing. So thankfully, a security guard found her and started helping her say, uh, describe my parents. And so she was over the PA system, over the whole uh, shopping center. And you know who noticed? Me. Because she was crying, and I was very familiar with the crying, all right? I was often the cause of the crying. So, so talk about God turning the evil for good, right? <laughs> but, but she at least understood what we look like. She remembered what, what, that, uh, what, what my parents were wearing, remembered their names. And so we were able to find her. And, and so that's what was happening here. They suddenly realized Jesus wasn't with them, and so they started going around everyone that they could, their family and acquaintances. And they started asking, how do I find Jesus? Where is He? Have you seen Him? They sought Him after realizing that, that He was missing. And I want you to note a couple of things here. In a positive sense, the first people that they went to when they realized that Jesus was missing was His family. And I wonder about our church. I wonder if someone out there realizes that they're missing God. I wonder if their first thought is to come to you, come to this church. I wonder if their first thought was, oh, I'm missing God. I need to seek Him. I need to seek Him amongst those who seek Him. Amongst those who know Him. Amongst those who He's supposed to be close to. And by the way, can I just say to you, church, this morning, you... You and I, of all people, should know how to get close to Christ again. You and I, not Google, not the church down the road. You and I should know how to get to Christ. And I wonder if you would be one of the first that someone else would look to and go, you know what, I'm missing Christ. I need to go to that person. They probably know. But you know, the sad reality was they were missing Christ too. So here's the negative. They went to them, but they couldn't tell them. They're like, we don't know. We thought they were with you. And, and there's a presumption sometimes that just because we're with the company of God's people, that somehow Christ is with us. But we see here it's not always the case. And, and maybe your family, you come together to church you sit with your friends and you, just because your friends name the name of Christ and they're here too, and you better take great care. You better take great sensitivity to knowing that Christ is with you. See, seeking Christ is the priority when we realize He's not with us. This, this is in lieu of moving forward. See, see the good thing about this was they re, when they realized that He was not with them, they turned back. They sought Him again. Here's the mistake we make. We realize and we keep going. We realize and we just keep going, la-di-da, through the day. And we don't pause and go, Lord, I need you. Lord, I've, I've grown cold to you. Lord, I don't sense your presence here. Lord, search my heart, know me. Lord, help me to see and repent. Get right. And so 
they sought him after realizing they were missing, that they were missing him. Secondly, they sought him at the place they had left him. You know, they didn't presume it was another place. They just knew where they left him. And, and here's, here's what I'm saying. You know, often when we're honest with ourselves, and, and by the way, some of us need to be honest with ourselves and stop lying to ourselves. When we're honest with ourselves, we begin, and God, I think, helps us realize where we left Him. You know, often where you left Him is where you need to pick it back up again. And here Jesus was left in Jerusalem, and we know what He was doing. He was there. He was fulfilling His purpose. But we see that at least they understood. They, they sought Him at the last place they had left Him. And again, they supposing Him to have been in the company Notice verse 45, when they, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And here they were, they just understood, they just came from Jerusalem. We need to go back to Jerusalem. And it might be that you just left off seeing Christ and, and being with him in a certain place. See, the beauty of Christ is that he isn't really all that hard to find. In fact, he says, if you seek him, you'll find him. You will find him where you left him. And maybe you left him because you've stopped getting into the word of God. You know where you're going to find Christ? In the word of God. Maybe it's just that you've gotten cold in your prayer life. You know where you're going to find Christ? In your prayer life. Maybe you've just not prioritized the, the house of God. And, and maybe it just needs to be that you just need to come back. Come back to the place. It's not that hard. It's not, it's not complicated. It's actually quite simple. Where you left Christ, that's where you find Him again. And it may be that it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a very specific area. But I want to say to you that where you left Him, there you'll find Him again. And so maybe today you just need to repair that. Maybe today you just need to take a distance, take up that distance, take a step toward that again. You see, the, the great joy of Christ is that if you would draw nigh to Him, He will draw nigh to you. They sought Him lastly, and He was gracious in His response. You know what I find in verses 49 to 51? In His response, He was gracious. And verse 51, notice there with me, and He went down with them. And came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. He was gracious. You know, he went down with them. And here's what I want to say to you. Jesus' corrections come with his compassions. You see, he might, he, might, he might correct you because you've misunderstood his priorities. But his corrections always come with his compassions. See, Jesus isn't one that will beat you over the head, over a wrong that you've done. He won't flaunt the fact that you haven't been close to Him. If you've taken a step to Him, He will come to you. See, His corrections come with His compassions. You see, in a world where corrections are met with outrage, you ever seen that? You ever, you ever seen those that have a craze about uh, climate change per se, and you correct them with facts, you know what, what happens? They get outraged. They just get outraged. 
And this is the world we live in. You correct people, they get outraged. And yet, you know what's sad? I think at times when God corrects us, we get outraged. How dare you, God? How dare you? And yet he's going, no, I'll, I'll come with you. No, my corrections come with my compassions. And, and you know, often his corrections, they're, they're not against you, it's, it's for you. His corrections come with his continuance, though. And, and so when you receive his corrections, he'll come with you. He'll come with continuance. And I think about that verse, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. And church, can I just encourage you lastly as we close today? You know, you might, you might be in a place where you've been so busy and inadvertently, unbeknownst to you, you haven't even felt it. But maybe God's highlighting it for you today. Maybe you're not as close to God as you think you are. And if you were honest, there's some, some things there you've departed from. You know, when, when you understand that and you accept the correction, He'll give you compassion, but He'll also continue with you. Because that's the kind of God we serve. He's quick to forgive. He's slow to anger, ready to forgive. And today, if you would come back to Him, if you would just... Come back to a closeness to Christ. He's, he's going to accept you. He's going to give you compassion. And then more than that, He'll continue with you. And maybe this morning, as you observe your own life, as you observe your own heart, maybe you have been missing His presence. Maybe there's no joy. Maybe there's a dryness. And maybe that's as a result of you just being far from God. So I wonder, does maybe some panic setting in right now? Maybe there's a pain point that he's getting to. And maybe you're not sensing Christ with you. Then here's what I want to say. Pause. Repent. And go find him where you left him. Seek him and he will be found. Seek him and he will come close by you again. And I'm thankful that we have a Savior who's gracious. And I'm thankful that today we have another opportunity to just get back to closeness with Christ. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, uh, for the opportunity today to open your word. And Father, I just know that, Lord, we are. The, the hymn writer was right. Lord, we're prone to wonder. We're prone to leave the God we love. And Lord, we, so often we can easily blame you for that. And yet, Lord, we really are in a place of misunderstanding. Help us, Lord, to understand where you're at. And, and help us, Lord, to understand where we left you. And then help us to get back to you again. I pray, Father, that you'd help everyone here to understand where they're at. And Lord, if their closeness is not what they needs to be with you, Pray that they would just get that right, repent, and get back to a place of closeness and intimacy with you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, the piano can begin to play and get mindful that we have a, a baptism in a little while, but I wanted to give you a chance.